Have you ever thought how to speed up your IT career? Have you ever thought why some engineers, architects, leaders and scientists are more successful than others? My name is Lukasz Karwacki and I love asking questions. I invited here many industry experts with different backgrounds and point of views. This is Engineering Growth Club Podcast. Welcome on board. Hi, and very warm welcome to our special guest today, Mikołaj Zieliński, a candidate for the first astronaut to fly to Mars. Hi, Mikołaj. I think, should I call you M1K0? Is it correct? Hi, Lukas. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> How are you today? What's the weather in Dubai? Uh, yeah, it's getting colder winter, so it's... 30 degrees, 35 during the day. <laughs> okay, don't make me jealous. In London, it's around 8 degrees, all right? Uh, so let's get started. Uh, do I understand correctly that you are a shortlisted of 100 candidates from 200,000 individuals across the globe to become an first astronaut who will travel to Mars? Is that correct? Yes. Um, yeah. To be more specific, maybe I can add that uh, 200,000 people were interested in Mars One project because uh, what you are talking about is a project called Mars One. However, not all of them applied, not all of them managed to submit a full application because even, even that was uh, quite a task. I was working on my application full week and few nights during that week to to answer to some questions, psychological questions, to write a motivation letter, to record a short video about myself, to introduce myself. So as far as I know, about six, seven thousand people applied and then only one, more than one thousand was selected to the next stage of the selection. And after a few stages or two stages of the selection rounds now we have 100 candidates and we are waiting for the next round however frankly speaking this is we are waiting already quite long and i don't know how long we will be still waiting uh, so the, the project is on hold because it was very difficult to find investors okay thanks a lot thanks for the proper description and one thing what you mentioned here you mentioned there were there were a lot of psychological and motivational questions, but I thought that Mars or traveling to Mars can be very technical. We need to modern robust technology to help us to fly there, move to Mars and, and start working on Mars and discover the planet. But you mentioned that it's a, it was a psychological and motivational application. What's going on? Yes, that that's true. We have solutions for almost all challenges, technological challenges that we can come across when planning and making this happen. We were able to send humans to the moon 50 years ago. And at that time, technology was already there. Now it's even more advanced and we know about Mars even more today than 50 years ago we knew about the moon. So from the technology perspective, we can do it. The challenge is the human factor and the most difficult aspect of entire mission is human factor, meaning finding a group of people who can 
create a team which will be able to deal with isolation. So seven months of travel from Earth to Mars. And then if this is a round trip, staying there for about one year, waiting for launch window, and then coming back from Mars to Earth another seven months, probably even waiting for the launch on Mars, for the launch window on Mars, it will take more. So altogether, it may be three years long trip. And those four, six people, astronauts who will be there, they will have, to, and okay, this is the case if we think about round trip, but in case of Mars 1, we are talking about one-way mission. So the, the team of four, they will start, stay together till the end of their life and until another team joins them. But that means that if there is something wrong in that team, then the entire mission can be jeopardized. And it's so important to find those four people who will be able to deal with all challenges that they may come across and they will still be nice to each other. They will be cooperating. And in Mars One project, project the, the training will take 10 years. And during those 10 years, teams participating in the training will be challenged many, many times just to see how they can cooperate about their team spirit, leadership skills, followership skills, how, how those four people can support each other in difficult situations and all that. So dealing with other team members, dealing with isolation, dealing with stress, all this is probably even more difficult than all engineering issues. Oh, okay, so just to wrap up your uh, very long answer, it just means that technology already have and we can fly, we can move to Mars, and we should be fine. But, but the biggest constraint is a human mindset, right? Okay, so I got another question, because uh, I was thinking, how did it come up to your mind that you want to participate this project to be a potentially first Martian? As a kid, I was always fascinated with scientific expeditions. I was reading book mostly about like the, the most interesting books were, that I could read when I was young was about scientific expeditions to the most remote and unwelcoming corners of on earth during different points in history so it could be even starting with maybe not early scientific expeditions but starting with something like that was one way trip which was a exodus from Africa when homo sapiens uh, the most brave people 200,000 years ago were curious to see what is behind the horizon, what is behind the hill, and they start, started exploring. And that exploration continued until today. But this is something that was fascinating for me, exploration. And uh, I didn't think I could be an astronaut when I was, for example, at school or university, because at that time Poland was not a member of European Space Agency. And even today, although Poland belongs to European Space Agency, we don't pay fees or uh, we don't contribute to the astronaut training program. So uh, Polish citizens can't apply to European Space Agency for astronaut positions. So even today, as a Polish citizen, I, I can't be an astronaut. I could change my citizenship and, uh, and then try to be astronaut with NASA or something like this. But... This was never my dream because uh, it was impossible in my mind. And then suddenly Mars App appeared and they said anyone can apply. You just have to have good motivation, be healthy and so on. 
So it was it was amazing for me, and I I I did it immediately as like next day when I got to know about it, I just checked what was it if this was a real thing, and then I started working on my application. And until today, I never had second thought maybe I shouldn't go or something like this. <laughs> so you said here that the application didn't consider any nationality, any education, any technical skills. The most important was the mindset and motivation. Yeah, exactly. This is more important than your scientific or educational background or experience. Because if you think about it, the most difficult, if you want to build a team which can deal with all these challenges during the journey to Mars and on Mars, the, the most difficult aspect is to find four people that can stay together for so long time and deal with all these difficulties, stress, radiation, one-third of gravity, and till the end of their life be together, be nice to each other, solve all these problems. And this is something that you have or not, like a team spirit. This is something very difficult to learn, those, those skills, those threats. And things like math, physics, computer biology, if you have right motivation, you can learn it. So... They were looking for people who have those things that are very difficult to teach, like leadership, followership, team spirit. Everything else they are going to teach. That's why they didn't care about educational background, for example. Okay, it's kind of surprising because usually in our tech industry, we usually overestimate technical skills over the mindset or people skills, right? This is completely, you stated a completely different way that the mindset and your understanding of people is the crucial to the success of this mission, which I believe it was like very, very technical oriented missions completely changed my point of view on this. But uh, I remember you mentioned your, your like, I was watching actually your TEDx talk and there are a couple of things which I learned, I love it, that in Mars, you can sleep in because the day takes more than on Earth by 30, 40 minutes, right? <laughs> 39 minutes, yes. <laughs> yes, but, but there is something else. You don't really can go out. And so just the journey, which takes seven months, it's a challenge because you cannot go out and go for a walk. You need to be in one small place with other free people. But in Mars, when you are there, also you will not be able to go out too often. This was like every three days for a few hours because of the radiation or the like mass of different completely atmosphere than our planet. True. Yeah, this is the thing if we don't want... So Mars has no magnetic field like Earth and has no ozone layer. So on Mars, when we go outdoor, we are exposed to radiation that comes from the sun corona and also a galactic cosmic rays. And this radiation can increase chances of getting cancer later in life. If we want to stay healthy, relatively healthy, then we shouldn't spend too much time outdoor until we have some means of protecting ourselves from radiation. So it probably will be not available in the beginning. And that's why in the beginning we will have to limit the time we spend outdoor because even a space suit doesn't protect from radiation much enough to enjoy the time there. Okay, so are you a kind of geek who loves spend time indoor with some people in the same room for a few weeks? Have you tried this exercise before? 
Not exactly like this, but I participated in a Mars exploration simulation mission. It was in Spain and we were underground in a cave. And inside that cave we had a little habitat with a place to sleep, food, water, some scientific equipment. And we were living there pretending that we were on Mars surface. And whenever we had to go out to do some tasks related to our scientific experiments, we had to wear spacesuits. It was just three days because it was first mission of that kind organized by Astroland Agency. Uh, so it was like a trial mission. But even three days was long enough to learn about some psychological processes and things that happen when people spend such long time in isolation. It was an interesting experience. So what was your biggest limitation during this exercise, your personal one? Um, for me, it was a, a lot of fun. I didn't find any, anything that could cause an issue for me. We were solving problem by problem just to, to perform our tasks. I had really good time. I met amazing four other people, my team members very interesting people and what I was doing was like simulating Martian surface exploration which is ultimately my dream so I, I had really a lot of fun and for me it was too short I wanted to make it one week longer and I was asking those people if it is possible to, to come back for one month long mission because I could deal with this isolation at least at such short mission Uh, I was participating in another caving expedition. It was uh, exploration of, of some unknown cave in Oman. And I spent underground six days, uh, five nights, and it was still fun. <laughs> so it seems that uh, <laughs> I, can, I can deal with such things. But this is just based on those two experiences. I don't know what may happen if I travel to Mars seven months And after three and a half months, I am halfway through. Earth is far behind, like a little dot in sky. Mars is another little dot far ahead. And then what will happen? Psychologists say that this may be a very challenging moment during travel from Earth to Mars. Probably it will be a challenge because if something goes wrong, astronauts on board will have to solve the problem by themselves. But I find this, all these things exciting. It sounds like you are a perfect candidate for this mission, to be honest, when I hear that. But when you're during this exercise, did you have any observation about other people? How were they behaving? They said the same level of uh, en enjoying that time or they were like reacting in different way than you? Is there any feelings you had working with them? So I mentioned that we were running some scientific experiments and one of them was psychological experiment. And uh, I was the team member responsible for that. So we had some principal investigator, some scientist from one of Spanish universities who designed the experiment and I was uh, responsible for executing it. So we were every day, like oh no, twice or three times a day, we were solving some psychological tests. And I got to know from him after the mission because I, I did, couldn't see test results of other team members. But he told me afterwards that he, based on the results of those tests, he could say that one of the members started developing symptoms of depression. And it was after three days only. I can't guess who was it because indeed I could see some tension in most stressful moments. 
because there were stressful moments. We had, there was a time pressure. Our schedule every day was packed <laughs> fully and it was quite difficult to catch up with everything. So the time pressure was causing some stress. And I could see people reacting differently to that. So, yeah, for some people, indeed, this even three days of isolation, spending all the time in artificial light and dealing with some difficulties to don a spacesuit, to do something, you, you really want to do your experiment, but something doesn't work, you have to solve it first, then there's another problem, and all the time something like this. And I knew that I could help, but I have to do something else, so someone had to wait and... You know, there are a lot of things happening. <laughs> so I can imagine that in more complex situation when there is really threat, because if we don't solve some problem, then we may have casualties or some mission may not happen, may not finish, may fail, then this may be even more stressful. Yes, I agree. This is the, what the training will be about. The One of the psychologists who is running selection for Mars One, Dr. Norbert Kraft, he said that the training would be so difficult that life on Mars, comparing to the training, would be like holidays, like paradise. Oh, sounds pretty good. And I'm really impressed that after three days, the exercises were able to show that someone has the symptoms of depression. You cannot be depressed when you're flying to Mars or get depressed when you are there because you cannot just go out or go home. And you are a team member, so we need to support the team so you cannot develop any depression or anything like that. Yeah, we will have to learn a lot about each other to know how we react to different situations. And also we have to, like in, in the team of four, we have to know other team members inside out. So we could spot immediately that something goes wrong even before they can notice that. Also, we have to know a lot of about psychology to be able to solve such problems. Okay, so you mentioned that you will have to learn everything what is possible about other team members. When you'll be there potentially, you will need to have some technical skills, which you have to develop. You need to understand other team members. What kind of skills you will have to develop more or what kind of other skills you need to develop more to be chosen as the final four to the final crew? Okay, so... I am not able to say how space agencies are doing that because I don't know so many details about it, but I can say how it was going to be with Mars One. During the selection, which is before the training, they will be selecting individuals, but those individuals who are potential best team players that can build best teams. So we will still have team challenges and also they will want to see how we can deal with isolation. But once we start the training, then we are not individuals anymore. We are teams only. And if they select out, they select out entire team. And they can select out entire team just because team performance is poor. After one, two, three years of training, they may decide, okay, we selected six teams. We started the training with six teams but your team is worst, so we select your team out. Then if some team members want to still go to Mars, then they may apply again for another training with an, maybe uh, another team members. And even if one team member in the middle of the training, 10 years of training is quite a long time, a lot of things can happen. Someone may have an accident, someone can change his or her mind and decide to opt out and stay on Earth. So even if in one team, one person decides to give up, 
then entire team is selected out because you cannot take those three people that still want to continue, introduce another person and expect the same team dynamics. Those four with the new team member will have to start from scratch because it may turn out that they don't perform as well as before. And then, so for this 10 years of training, they will be challenging teams all the time, selecting out worst teams, and eventually they will select one team that was as team the best. Everything is based on team performance, not on performance on individuals. Oh, okay. So this is what you said, that it's no more individuals, just team team is one uh, unit <laughs> individual yeah. kind of this is the, right? the yeah and then to aha uh, because I, I don't think I answered fully your questions so now if we talk about skills in that let's say that we have a team of four and in that team two members will learn medical procedures and you need two because if there's only one and this is the one who needs medical help then it will be not able to help yes makes sense nobody so Two team members will train medical procedures. Two others, for example, uh, electrical engineering. Two others, chemical engineering. Two others, psychology. Two others, how to grow plants on Mars. Two others, how to fix some components. How to set up nuclear power plant. How to fix solar panels. Everything what may happen, uh, what may break, what may need to be assembled. All these skills, there will be always two people learning them. Because you need a backup for everything. Each skill has to be backed up. So, so we will have to learn all this engineering, science, all, all these skills. Always two team members will be learning. Okay, so I'll a little bit pick now on you because you mentioned in the beginning that all people will be uh, learning psychology. And in this answer, you mentioned that two people will be learning psychology. Okay, so uh, I mean that uh, there are some things that are important for everybody to understand, for example, those psychological issues. So there are different level of knowing some subject. Okay, I understand. To some level, each team member will have to know some first aid procedures. Okay. But only two of them will go to some Professional. more advanced topics. Professional level or something. Yes. Ah, okay, yes, fair yes. enough. Uh, so um, I'm going to ask a question. One of the things which people are very attached is culture. Uh, what do you think about how you are going to develop first Martian culture? Because at the moment there is no Martian culture on the planet. Um, I don't think uh, something like Martian culture will be developed so quickly. Uh, I, I say that because now I'm thinking about scientific research station in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. You have uh, also extreme conditions. You have a small group of people living in a small space, trying to survive in harsh environment, uh, doing science, some experiments, going outdoor to explore, searching for meteorites and uh, taking samples of ice from deep surface to learn about history of Antarctica. But so far, I didn't see anything like a culture of Antarctica in turn developed by researchers, scientists and engineers working there. I think this will come later once we have people who can start fighting for survival, mm -hmm. can sit, relax, enjoy and focus on something which requires being more... More human interaction. Creative, yes. 
but uh, this uh, reminds me uh, Dear Moon Project. I don't know if you heard about Dear Moon Project. No, no. I so have there is there no is, idea what you're talking about. There is this <laughs> there is this Japanese art collector and entrepreneur Yazuki Muezawa, if I pronounce his name properly. And he wants to go to the moon, like going to the moon's orbit and coming back. Fly by. Or, no, it's not fly by. It's a round trip. But without landing, I mean. And he wants to take six artists with him. And he announced this project with SpaceX one or two years ago. He invited artists from all over the world to send him his ideas, what they would like to do when they join him what they would like to create after this mission. He's going to select six of them. They all together will fly with a SpaceX spacecraft to the moon and back, and they expect to create something uh, unusual. And he wants to take only artists and get artists inspired by flying to the moon and back. That's very interesting because it might be completely different what can happen when they experience. Yeah. They, they work will be influenced. I've got another question. What has changed in your life since you made the decision to be the candidate to move to Mars and you were at least accepted to participate in the program? What has changed in your life? Uh, a lot of... I'm not talking about this particular interview. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of improvements, a lot of little improvements to increase odds of being selected in the next round. Starting from such things like improving my English, because uh, I knew that I will meet uh, candidates from all over the world and candidates who, for whom English is their first language and they have much better vocabulary and they don't use a language where my, my vocabulary is still limited. And then candidates from different, different accents. So I, I, have, I know that I have very strong Polish accent. I will have to communicate quickly and efficiently with uh, candidates speaking English from South America, Africa, Australia. And each, each one has different accent and it's really difficult to understand each other in the beginning, especially if you have to say something quickly because the, there is time pressure, there is some challenge, some task, and there is no time to say, uh, excuse me, can you repeat because I didn't understand you. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. When you're landing on Mars and you have to be like very concentrated and focused on what you're doing. Yeah. So this was, this was one of the most important things. Then I, I, I knew that there will be a lot of things to learn. So I was learning how to learn. Uh, I took some training courses to improve my learning skills. Uh, for example, memorizing techniques and things like that. I know that in the next round of the selection, the focus will be on teamwork, uh, team building, those, those skills. This is what I was focused on for the last three years. I started caving because I thought that participating in caving expedition is a great way to improve, to learn, first learn about myself, how selfish or how good team player I am. Because before that, I was reading books. I, I, I took a lot of psychological books. I visited NASA library and downloaded a lot of documents about their training and selection and how they teach their astronauts how to work in teams and so on. But after a short time, I realized that it doesn't help at all because I didn't know how I could react in such situations. So I decided that I have to do it in more practical way. Theory doesn't help me at all. 
So then I was thinking, how can I learn about myself in best way and uh, how can I find ways of improving myself? And then I thought that caving expedition is something good because I can do what I like, exploration, expeditions, and, and scuba diving is second thing. I started with skydiving, actually. And skydiving was great because you don't have much time for thinking, making decisions. You have to make decisions in a fraction of a second or at least one second, otherwise you will kill yourself if you think too much about what to do. But there was no component of teamwork in skydiving. So from decision-making perspective, skydiving is nice. But for me, teamwork was more important. So I got into caving and I was learning about myself at each caving trip, caving expedition. So far, I participated in 17 different trips and expedition. And I learned something new about myself every time. And if I compare myself with some other cavers that I know, I still have a lot of work. Only in that area of soft skills and trying to become a better team member. So does it mean that all of these things you mentioned, they are more related to soft skills or people skills? Because caving, diving or skydiving, they are something what you do. But the purpose you took this practice because you want to learn more about yourself and learn more how to teamwork. Yeah, I always wanted to do those three things. I, I, I like outdoor sport, extreme sports. But finally, I got good motivation to start with them. So far, caving, I find caving best in terms of learning how teamwork. Oh, okay, great. You know what, like just to come to my mind when you said I love outdoor sports, sounds like skydiving is a very outdoor sport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, very, thank you very much. I would like to wrap up our conversation. Uh, so this means that we already have the technology which allows us to fly from the air to Mars and, and live there. The biggest challenge is a human's mindset and how to deal with the problems like self-isolation and being a team player, how to build an uh, efficient team and how to teamwork. There is the thing that there won't be any more individuals because you need to be like one body which is perfectly working and deliver a solution. And uh, I would like to thank you very much for your time. Thank you too. Actually, it took us a little, little bit more than I expected, but it was really, it's, I think it's very worth of it. Thank you very much, and hopefully we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I would like to invite you for next episode with Sandra Namatovu, experienced data and IT recruiter. And there is something else. Remember to follow the podcast so you won't miss next episode. Cheers. Music by Stella Ronson.